ION 2020 episode 92. Have 2020 vision with ION 2020, the podcast that brings you all the news and events in the lead up to the next presidential election. I am Ray Eaton, and I will keep you up to date as we approach November 2020 with a libertarian perspective of all the candidates and their policies along with the news. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's clear our vision. everybody what's up it's ray eaton your host of ion 2020 your place that you come to monday through friday for the news and the information that you need with regards to the 2020 election and the lead up to the presidential election in november 2020 taking a libertarian stance libertarian principled stance on this election and bringing you the news and just letting you know what these candidates are thinking what their positions are and you know, where they might go wrong and where they might err. And, you know, if they're getting things right, where they might get things right as well. Because some of them do get things right on war and on social issues and things of that nature, right? But a lot of them get things completely off on the economic issues and some of the social issues as well. Like other, you know, other things like the welfare state and things of that nature there. You got the Democrats, which are making the biggest splashes right now, though. And the reason why is just because it's 2019. Once you get into 2020, you'll start seeing some of these politicians that are, you know, libertarians, Green Party, and stuff like that. You'll start seeing them sort of running for office, but you don't really see any of them physically out there campaigning or anything like that right now. You see some of the libertarians that are actually going to some of the libertarian uh, parties' state conventions and things like that just to kind of get their name recognition out there. I've watched a few videos of different people giving speeches and so forth that are suspected that they're going to run for the libertarian ticket. But I, like I said this in the past, I'm not sure that this is a third party election. I don't think that a third party, no matter what, is going to get any sort of, any sort of momentum like they did in 2016. If the libertarians would have ran just about anybody, they probably would have gotten you know, well, I don't know just about anybody, but if they would have ran, you know, anybody outside of Gary Johnson, you probably would have gotten, you know, quite a few people voting for that person as well. Maybe, you know, John McAfee, I don't know that he would have gotten very far with regards to a presidential bid. And I don't know that he would have gotten the same kind of outpouring as De- Gary Johnson. But Gary Johnson made a fool of himself multiple times. At first, he started off sort of strong. He was able to get a lot of airplay. He was able to get a lot of news coverage. But the thing that happened is just he had that one, that specific Aleppo moment. And then he had a couple of other times after that where the news media would challenge him on certain things as well, trying to draw him out into some stupid comment. And that really just ruined it for him. But you know what? He's still got more people to come out for him than any other libertarian ever in the history of the Libertarian Party. Uh, Is that a good thing? I don't personally feel like he represented the party and the views of the party very well. That's my feeling. But he did get people onto the wagon. And as long as that wagon is moving towards personal freedom, as long as that wagon is moving towards libertarian viewpoints, at least you get the people onto the wagon. 
And once they're on that wagon, once they're on that bus, once they're on that train, we can kind of move them through towards the more minarchist view, that more minimalist, you know, minimal libertarian view, that minimal government view. We can move them in that direction, right? We can. But you got to get them onto the boat first. You got to get them onto this, you know, get them into the movement. And once they're in the movement, I mean, Ron Paul brought a lot of younger people into the movement back in 2008 and 2012. Now those people are in their 20s and 30s. Who's going to be our Ron Paul for this generation? The younger generation now. They have their Ron Paul and that's Bernie Sanders, right? They do. Bernie Sanders is their Ron Paul essentially, but definitely not the same viewpoints as Ron Paul. Bernie Sanders has the viewpoints of socialism, democratic socialism getting the government involved in every every single aspect of your life. And if you don't go along with it, guns are pointed at you and you are forced to go along with it or you go to jail. And if you resist that jail, then you'll go to then you'll go to sentence of death essentially, right? So you are going to do what Bernie Sanders says if he became president. And those kids, that's their that's their Ron Paul right now. So who's going to be the Ron Paul of the libertarian movement right now. Now, Ron Paul ran on the Republican ticket. He was able to get onto a debate stage, multiple debate stages throughout 2008 or 2007 during the debates and then 2011 during those debates during the summertime. He was able to get onto those debate stages and at some point, the media kind of gave him a blackout and did not let him on the debate stages. So, I remember one specific debate where... I was watching it, and it was that Rudy Giuliani moment in 2008 where him and Giuliana got bickering back and forth, and Giuliana kind of challenged challenged uh, Ron Paul. And Ron Paul, you know, he, he made that specific point and said that there's blowback, and what we're seeing, what we saw in 2000, you know, 9-11, what we saw in 9-11 was blowback for foreign intervention that the United States has in Saudi Arabia. <clears throat> And that was actually written in a book in like 1998 by a CIA agent, right? That 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 we that they are seeing terrorism spring up, and that's going to cause blowback in our country, and it can cause blowback in our country. And sure as heck, it did in 2001, right? And Ron Paul mentioned that, and then Rudy Giuliani decides to challenge him on that and say, "Do you mean to tell me that you're blaming us? That you're blaming America for this?" And Ron Paul stuck to his guns. He could have stepped back, but he stuck to his gun and said, yeah, it's blowback. That's what it is. And even the Fox News host at that point says, do you want to take back what you just said? And Ron Paul stuck to his guns and said, no. Ron Paul left that debate thinking that he lost. He, he left that debate, think, debate thinking that it was over for his campaign. But you know what happened? I remember watching the debate afterwards I remember watching the after-debate coverage, and Ron Paul got the most votes in that debate for the winner. Who won that vote? Who won that debate? And he had like thirty-something percent of the people that were go- calling in and getting online and clicking who won the debate. It was Ron Paul. And what the broadcasters did is they wrote it off, and they said, "Oh, that's just because he has a bunch of kids that are." tech savvy that are willing to hop online and and do it and do this they had to write off their own poll on who won and explain it away so they 
were you know they were they were out to get him but there was nothing that was stopping that train from moving forward at that point people were hopping on that train and going forward towards liberty people were chanting during that campaign and the fed a bunch of high school and, and, and college kids and young 20 year olds that have never even thought about what the federal reserve is and now they're thinking end the fed now they're thinking personal liberty now they're thinking get the government out of my life now they're thinking anti-war now they're thinking maybe i can be a republican and be against the wars i don't have to go along with the neoconservative movement that's what they were able to do that's what he was able to do that was and that's that's the inspiration that he was able to give these kids who's our who's our leader now who is that person in 2019 who's that person that's going to stand up and be that that have that ron paul rudy giuliani movement who's going to be that person that's going to spread you know spread that message of liberty to the young people be that counterbalance against the bernie sanders out there who's just saying you know that the government needs to provide everything to you and that's essentially what he's saying who's going to counterbalance that i don't know i don't see any libertarians that are running now that get that excitement behind them adam kokesh is running He's decided that he's going to run. I think he declared a couple, like a year ago or something. And, you know, he's a younger guy. A lot of that authority that Ron Paul has comes from his age, maybe. I don't know. But we'll see. But he's an extremist. He has a very extreme view on, I'm going to go and be the president that's going to declare himself not president. And I'm going to take apart the government. That's what he says he's going to do. Ideally, I think that would be a good thing if he went up there and got rid of all those cabinets, cabinet positions, got rid of all those bureaucrats up in Washington and just turned it over to a constitutional, you know, turned it back into a constitutional republic in that sense, right? Ideally, that would be great if he went over there and did that, ended the Federal Reserve, got rid of all of this manipulation that that the government does in our lives got rid of most of the most of the the military all these bases that are overseas get rid of those ideally those would be good things but he he wants to go even further and end the federal government as we know it and i don't obviously that would not be a position that would go over well with the general population of people and you don't have and you would have to go i mean even though ron paul probably believed those things in some way even back in 2008 and 2012 he still follows the idea that you know the constitution is probably the best thing that that the world has ever seen in regards to limiting government and maybe get back to a limited government would be a good starting point right and then we could then we could argue about the rest of that stuff but i just don't see a libertarian right now who is out there that's going to have that same inspiration that Ron Paul did. You can't even call it charisma. Because Ron Paul is not the most charismatic person in the world. He kind of stutters sometimes when he speaks. He sounds like he might be that old crazy guy. But he speaks the truth and he never apologizes for it. And he stays away. Like He's not out there saying we need to end the federal government. 
He's saying we need to end the Federal Reserve. He's, he's talking about programs to get rid of. When they asked him about taxes, he says, well, I would say zero taxes. There was a time before the income tax where we had zero income tax. Get rid of the income tax. That's what he said. Unapologetically, he said it. He was willing to say those things without getting deeper into it and saying, oh, and by the way, we should get rid of everything else as well. He was able to inspire without sounding like he was out there on a limb, right? He was able to inspire people to follow his follow him, to, to, to look into liberty. That's what he was able to do. And it would be great to see somebody that's able to do that again. Maybe in the libertarian movement, even in the Republican movement, even on the Democratic move, Democrat movement, whatever. Get that person that's going to inspire, that's going to have libertarian principles. That's going to, I mean, I don't think you'll ever see a Ron Paul again. Even his son, Rand Paul. Sometimes I feel like he's making concessions because it's politically expedient. Sometimes I feel like that about him. Not all the time. He's pretty consistent in most of his views but there are times where it, you know it, he's not so hopefully I mean you'll see more of these libertarian leaning Republicans get into office I think that that movement's kind of fizzled though those are people that are in there that are you know Thomas Massey's that are very constitutional that they you know are libertarian to the fullest extreme while sitting there in in a in the office of a congressman which is amazing so um yeah i just i've looked over several of the people that are possibly running on the libertarian side and the thing about this is like i said it's not a third party year the democrats just want to get just want to get donald trump out the green party people they just want to get donald trump out so what they're going to do is there, those Green Party folks are going to go vote for the Democrat, the best Democrat that they could find, and then the one that's chosen for them. Because you know the Democratic National Committee is going to choose who they want to. They're not going to allow Bernie Sanders if they don't want him in. But you know what? It might be Bernie's year. Who knows? It's possible. It might be Bernie's year. It might not be Bernie's year, but I think that the way that the, the Democratic Party is looking right now, the way that the base is right now, I think it might be Bernie Sanders' year. But then again, that gets me back to the state. The, the thing that I said is it's, it's, it's definitely not a third party year right now. Because the one thing that the Democrats are voting on is the good chance of beating Trump. I see a poll earlier, and it says that you know, almost 50%, that's their main point, is that they're voting for the person that has a good chance of beating Trump. And then the rest is work experience, willing to work with Republicans is the, the third one on their list, holds progressive positions is like less than 23% are looking for somebody that's going to, that's like the third thing, or the fourth thing on their list is holds progressive positions. So, that's, I mean, the this is not a third party, this is not a third party election. It's a, let's get Donald Trump out, or let's keep Donald Trump in. And that's it. Libertarians, on the other hand, I don't know which way they're going to swing. 
I think that a lot of libertarians, from what I see, from a lot of the groups that I'm in, Facebook groups and Twitter, you know, and things like that, I'm in several groups, and I see a lot of people that defend the crap out of Donald Trump on a lot of issues. And they say, well, he's good on most things, but there's, but, but he's bad on other things. And that's fine. If you feel that way, then go ahead and vote for Donald Trump, right? Um, but if you take a principled position, I think the only principled position to take, in my feeling, is not to vote. Um, or to vote in defense, to vote for defense, but I don't even know if I could go that far and say that I'm voting in defense. I think a libertarian, if you're going to vote for a libertarian, that's voting for defense. Because I think that you should vote for a libertarian in the sense that to try to break up this th- this two-party duopoly that we have going on in this country. I think that that would be a good defensive vote. But I don't think voting for Donald Trump is a good defensive vote. I don't think voting for Bernie Sanders is a good defensive vote against Donald Trump because both of those people are trying to take your liberty in some ways. Donald Trump more through the police state and Bernie Sanders more through the IRS and the tax state. And when I say that, this is what I mean, is that Bernie Sanders wants to have lots and lots and lots of government programs that are going to cost money. So what that ends up being is the IRS is going to have to confiscate more of your money. Somehow. Because that's the things that he wants to provide. So Bernie Sanders, in that way, is going to use the police state to confiscate your money. Whereas Donald Trump is more likely to end up using that police state for, you know, police, like policing reasons and so forth. And also, I I think he's going down the wrong road right now with military intervention and things like that. So, um, but this is definitely not, I don't think it's a third party election right now, just based upon the way that I've looked at this that the Democrats, there's so many of them out there, and what they're going to do is they're going to draw, inspire these, you know, these left, these leftist third party groups. They're going to inspire them to get involved in this Democratic, this Democratic nomination process that's going on. With the Republicans, the only chance that they have, I mean, not the only chance, but the only thing that they have is that they have Bill Weld that's going to try to run against Donald Trump. I don't think John Kasich's going to. you think that they would get into it by now, because I think at some point there's got to be a deadline to get yourself onto the, um, onto the Republican primary, like the, the, the voting tickets, I guess, for those primaries, right? There's got to be, so, there's got to be at some point, there's got to be, there's got to be like a deadline, and I don't know what that deadline is, but whatever that deadline is, a John Kasich would have to get in pretty soon. I think anybody that's in is already... Anyone that's in is in, but anyone that's not in, their time is ticking. Because you do have the debates coming up for the Democratic side. I know for a fact there's probably never going to be a debate on the Republican side. But... I just think... I mean, my feeling is is that what we need in the libertarian movement right now, getting back to that... What we need in the libertarian movement right now is somebody that can make a splash, that can get onto the news as a third-party candidate, right? That can get the message out there that's going to be a a counterbalance to Donald Trump as well as a counterbalance 
to whoever is the Democratic nominee that can be a voice of reason, that can be somebody that's principled, because there's no principle within Donald Trump. And there's the principle that's that the principles that the Democrats hold the Democrats hold is confiscate more of your money so we could provide more programs to the people. So Donald Trump is just, you know, he just goes, he just wanders wherever principles take him because he has no principles. So the, the, the libertarian that's running, that, that gets the nomination has got to be somebody that can articulate a message that can bring people in to the movement. So then in 2024, when you, when you do have multiple Republicans running, when you do have a bad candidate in office, because by that point you're going to be looking at, depending on whether Donald Trump wins or loses, you're, if you have Donald Trump in 2024, then you're going to have a full, you know, 15 Republicans trying to run for president, as well as like, you know, eight or nine or ten Democrats that are running for president, maybe more. Who who knows? It might be, you know, 50 people total that are running in 2024 if Donald Trump wins. If Donald Trump does not win, then that Democratic candidate will have, you know, that'll be the choice of the Democrats. They're going to go with their guy who's been president for the last four years. Then you're going to have Republicans that are lining up. And at that point, you might have somebody like a Thomas Massey that's going to run like a Ron Paul did in 2008. And that would be a beautiful scenario to see. Because there is not a libertarian-leaning Democrat in Congress or in the Senate. But there's multiple libertarian-leaning Republicans in the Congress and Senate. And that would be a good thing to see in 2024. And you will see it in 2024 either way. So, getting back to my point, this is not a third-party election I'm going to cover it, though, because I think that if we can get, if we as libertarians can get the right person nominated on the libertarian ticket, that person can make a splash that's going to be good for the party. Because in, when the, when, in 2024, when the bickering's going back and forth between the Democrats and Republicans again, as it always does, you're going to have somebody running on the libertarian ticket that can get the same access to the press that that um, Gary Johnson had. You get the same access to press that Bill Well Bill Welt had, and if you can get that person to articulate a message that understands how the world works, that understands foreign policy, that cannot be pinned down, I think you got a winning, uh, not a winning shot, but a shot to bring more people to the libertarian movement, like what happened with Ron Paul. Because I've said this in the past, in 1999, when I became a libertarian, there was no... No one knew what a libertarian was. Now I'm at dinner parties in my in my neighborhood, and I say, "Oh yeah, I'm a libertarian." Everyone knows what I am. Every oh yeah, I'm a libertarian too, kind of, but I vote Republican. Okay, great, you know. But they at least know what a libertarian is. In 1999, I said I'm a libertarian. They thought I was a liberal. They had no idea what I was. So it's a different world that we live in. <clears throat> we need to keep this ball rolling. And what the way that we do that is with somebody that can articulate the message well in 2020. And then somebody that in 2024, 
you can have those libertarian-leaning people on stage, but you can have that person that's a libertarian that has the principles. They call it the party of principle. A libertarian that has the principles down pat. And anytime there's a question asked, they go right back to those principles, just like Ron Paul did every single time. Honestly. Telling the truth. Never backing down on those principles. That's what Ron Paul did. That's the candidate. That's the type of candidate that we need. And I hopefully we will see that person come forward in 2020 and then also in 2024. Guys, I appreciate you listening to me today. I do. I did not even talk about the article that I wanted to talk about. That's fine. That's fine. I sometimes get off on these um, tangents, which I think is fine. Uh, I think that. You know, those are episodes that I enjoy listening to, listening back to, so I can make sure that everything's correct within that episode. Uh, but I hopefully that you guys enjoy that as well. And if you do, then go ahead and subscribe to this show and come back tomorrow and listen. But if you don't, then, uh, then you know, that's fine. You don't have to listen tomorrow either. <laughs> so, uh, but I appreciate you listening. I do. I appreciate, appreciate my first time listeners. And I appreciate anyone that subscribes to the show. If you want to hear it tomorrow, go ahead and subscribe. And if you really like what you hear, give me that five-star rating and review. And then it is Friday, so you enjoy your weekend. And then come back on Monday so you can have 2020 vision and have clear vision for the 2020 elections.